Hey, friends, if you're just tuning in, I tell you what, we got a great night to here tonight. We're doing a little revival preaching. I got my brother right here, Brother Tim, and he's going to be jumping in and taking off and just throwing the word down. Then Pastor Becky's going to jump in, too. And, uh, you know, who knows? Somebody else might jump in and preach, too. We ain't got no time frame, right? <laughs> right? But we're going to have a good time. You guys have been prayed for. Tim's going to run with it. Pastor Tim, take it away. This is all our friends from Shoreline uh, Community Church over in Hampton. We're going to have a blessed time. Thanks, brother. All right, thank I'm you. looking forward to it. All Thanks right. so much. I think I, I like to move, but I think I'm going to kind of station myself over here just some stuff. Um, you know what's really, really odd walking in here? And I, don't, I don't know if uh, I don't get this, this much because I don't know a lot of Tim's, but when you hear Tanya yell Tim, and then I have to look around, I'm like, oh my gosh, because Tim. So that, that's, that's funny. And it's just uh, how God works things together that I, I, I it's got to be at least 13 years ago now um, that Buddy and Tiny and some other people and Pastor Becky and a group of us went to Fort Defiance, Arizona for our youth revival at, at the reservation. And, and some years later, we're able to still uh, be together as brothers and sisters in Christ. is really, really exciting. And, and, you know, about the relationships we make as brothers and sisters in Christ are for life. And so we are just so excited that you've been coming to Shoreline um, one Sunday a month. And we've been able to uh, worship with you. And then tonight, we're just excited that uh, we're able to come here and worship with you in, in your home tonight. And um, I'm going to start this out. I'm going to start this plane on. And then Pastor Becky's going to land the plane tonight. So uh, exciting because me and Pastor Becky talked a little bit. But we didn't talk a lot about what the message was going to be tonight. Um, she had some ideas. I had some ideas. But I told her tonight, we're just going to kind of throw out the title. It's the R's. Because come to find out the thing I'm going to talk about, several are the R's. And what she's going to talk about at the end is a, a very big R for us as believers in Christ. Um, I know that, um, just to give you a little background about myself, um, I, uh, uh, I was a youth pastor for a while and then was an executive pastor. That's just another kind of flip around on the associate pastor. And then to, this month we celebrated, which would have been last week, but we didn't celebrate it because we want to honor our mothers. But we uh, celebrated three years of Shoreline Community Church meeting together. So that's very, very exciting. Um, and so it, it, was, you know, it was awesome to celebrate that. We celebrated that today. Um, I know some of the group here that's from our church, they might hear a story or two that they heard today. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, you know, you just laugh along. But um, when I was, we'll see. Um, when I was growing up, now I know a lot of things have changed today because I have an 18-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter. And my son, um, if he's not working or doing schoolwork, He's on video games, right? He plays video games all the time. Um, so that's just one of the things. But, I, you know, growing up, you know, I was a little bit into it. As I got older, there's some people that I know. I have friends that are, that are a little bit younger than me. They're still into video gaming. But I remember the old Nintendo console. Does anybody remember that? Uh, they got the Nintendo Classic out right now. And I was telling our church this morning, I remember, you know, I used to have um, these games I used to love. I've always been a sports fan. So I always played sports games, okay? That's just, just me. So you had Tecmo Bowl, maybe some of you have heard of them, or, or, or Tecmo Basketball, and that was some of my favorite stuff I used to play. But I wanted to have the best team, right? I'd stack my team and play, and I wanted to not lose a game. So what I would do... <laughs> yes, and I pushed... As you had the console, and on the old consoles, they had the reset button, right? So when I started losing, I just said, whoop! And started over again. And so tonight I want to talk to you. We started a message series this morning called Reset. And I want to talk to you a little bit about some R's tonight, about Reset, um, some other ones. And then Pastor Becky's going to land it with another R. But when I talk about Reset is I know that when you become a child of God and you ask Him into your heart, you know, there's a fire, right? You're excited. And then through the years or through time, sometimes that fire grows dimmer. And sometimes it's time to reset and get ready again and let those dry bones become alive again. So I want to read to you Isaiah 43, 19. 
this is what Isaiah the prophet wrote. He said, because I am doing something new, now will grow like a new plant. Surely you know this is true. I will even make a road in the desert, and rivers will flow through the dry land. I want to tell you this evening, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, maybe it feels like a dry land in a desert place. Maybe you need that fire relit. What I want to tell you tonight that you can push the reset button and start over again. Because every morning that you wake up, his mercies are new every morning. And there's a new opportunity. I know that we look at life today, and, and I, I explained to some people today that um, in finishing up college, I thought that I was going to have a lot more time open up. You know, I finished college, you know, I, I got to work and do church work, but now I'm going to have these blocks during the week that I have open. I'm free. I can actually do something. But then to come find out that things in life just begin to fill those spaces up. And sometimes that when we fill up our space and that we don't uh, take time to rest and everything's going on in chaos, we grow dim in our walk with Christ. And tonight, I mean, I believe, you know, I, we have all kinds of different people in here, and you're going to hear different walks with Christ. But if you're in that mindset today that you can reset and start over right now this evening and start that walk again, start afresh and start new. What happens with that is a lot of times when you reset, you have to refocus your life. You have lost focus of the important things in life. And that's simply, for us as believers, to be, I know we like to put numbers on it, Jesus first, you know, family and church. But really, you come to find out as a believer in Christ that Jesus should be the center of everything and everything you do. And sometimes we lose that focus and everything comes against us. But we can reset and refocus. I don't know about you, but this time of year is tough for me. I don't know about it, it's tough for you because all this pollen, right? All the stuff and junk in the air. I mean, it rains, and you just see the yellow stuff just wash away. Well, I wear contacts, because if I take them off, I'm blind. I mean, I'm blind. I couldn't see anywhere. But, man, it's been tearing my eyes up so much, you know, i got to take my contacts off and then wash them and get all that pollen and junk and put them back on so I can have a better clarity of what I'm looking at. And what happens a lot of times in life when we need to reset and refocus it's because things have come into our life that have caused the clarity in our life to go away. And that's when it's time to hit the reset button and refocus on what the important things in life are. And that's your walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a saying I like to say if, if you catch our, our Facebook feeds or when I'm on an announcement sometimes on Facebook, and that's on Sunday morning. Maybe you don't think of it this way, but we talk about tithing. But Sunday morning is a tithe in itself. It is tithing the first morning of the first day of the week to Jesus Christ. And then what you do at the beginning of the week when you tithe that time, it allows you to refocus your life for the next morning that's going to come. Because I'm going to tell you, and I think you all know, we don't know what's going to come at us the next day. But if we start out our week on the good foot and with Jesus Christ and focus on him, when Monday comes, and something to expect to come. You've already been in prayer in the morning, reading your devotion, and focusing yourself. Life is a lot easier and a lot peaceful, even when you're going through chaos in your life. So tonight, if you need to reset and refocus, it's very, very important so you have clarity. What else can harm the clarity in our life? That's sin. And I like to say that sin is simply this, is anything that separates you from your relationship with Christ. Anything, relationships, uh, you know, idols, things that you put in front of God. That's why it's so important that as we gather here tonight, this is so beautiful because we don't see this a lot anymore. You know, the Sunday night service are either gathering together at night. You know, Wednesday nights are a struggle for us because the busyness in life clutters. And people's focus have gone away from the church today. And we need to refocus, especially if we look today and we, we wonder why society is where it's at. It's because we've took the focus off of Christ. I know, I know we all heard this week of it, and, and, and as a father, as watching my son and my daughter 
go out during the day and just praying for the angels and God to protect them. It's tough because of society we live in today. And I know you can get political and you go through all that stuff, but the reality is it all starts with the heart. And it all starts with Jesus Christ and his love to combat the hate that has been brought up today. So I know it's very important for us as believers in Christ to refocus our life on Christ every day, refocus our life on prayer time, praying, getting that alone time with him. You know, every morning when I get in my car before I drive, I'm praying on my way to my work, praying for my children, for my loved ones, for my family, for my church family. That helps me stay focused in the morning because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you get to work on Monday morning, it's crazy, right? All right? So that helps us to refocus and reset and, I, you know, and get ready for the week. The next R I want to talk to you about is reshape. You need to reset, refocus, and then reshape. I'll never forget when I was um, younger, um, it, it, it's kind of been going back, it's kind of been a reset for my life. Um, I had a milestone in December, I hit 40. So that was scary. It was very scary. But it was kind of a reset and a refocus for my life as, as going on into my next, uh, you know, as 40, 80 years, whatever I have on left in life. Um, uh, but it was kind of a reset and reshaping and refocusing all these things. But I remember when I was probably in elementary school during the summer, you know, mama's got to find stuff for the children to do during the summer because if not, they get into all kinds of trouble. And I would, I would get into all kinds of trouble. So I would go to the local community center. And, and they'd have all kinds of projects and stuff that we would do to keep ourselves busy. Well, one thing we did a lot of times would we make pottery for our parents. We would make all kinds of things, you know, uh, saucers or, or cup holders and stuff like that, or cups. And I remember shaping the clay before it went into the fire and reshaping it and redoing it. And it, would be, it wouldn't be right. And so I'd have to come back and reshape it until it was what I thought was able and ready to go. And today I want to read to you Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. And this is the potter. And understand the potter is Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but he's still shaping me today. Every day he's shaping me and reworking me and pulling a little bit of this, a little bit more of Tim out every day and more of him. The Bible says that we're supposed to die to ourselves, die to this flesh. And that's what we need to do daily is die to this flesh and allow Jesus as the potter to shape us and to mold us into the image that he wants us, that image that was scarred in the garden so many years ago. So Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. I, I hear some people saying it, so I'll, I'll give you a second to turn. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. Some people don't have their... You know, iPhones and stuff that can just pop over real quick. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. This is what the prophet is delivering from God to Israel. I still hear some pages, so I'm going to give you a second. God speaking through Jeremiah. This is a message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. I will give you my message there. So Jeremiah says, I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. I know it's tough. Some of us have our own different stories about when we came to know Christ. So God has a little bit more shaping to do with some of us because we've been in the world longer. My story is probably just like a lot of you. I went to church when I was little, and then I went away from the church and then came back later. One of the greatest testimonies I've ever heard in my life is a simple testimony I heard at a youth camp. We were at a youth camp 
um, and I was working it, and they had the youth pastor, some of them who had their testimony, they shared it, and they said, well, this is some of the we want to share with the message. So you go up there, and I want you to share part of your testimony. And um, I, don't, I don't think I've shared this with my own congregation, so you get to know a little something about it. When I was in middle school, um, and I wasn't in church, um, doing my own thing, I got hooked up with a bad crowd. And um, I never um, fully committed, thank goodness, but I had a lot of friends who were in gangs. And uh, I ran around with them and, and got a lot of trouble, a lot, so much that we moved back to Hampton and moved out of Newport News, to, so one of the reasons to get me away from that crowd. And so I shared that, you know, you know, that, you know, I had a, a lot of affiliations growing up and a lot of th- a lot of my friends were at that young were in juvenile detention and, and some of them went on to um, to go in jail. I never forget. I looked at the newspaper and, and one of the guys I used to hang around with in my early 20s was on was number one for most wanted in Newport News on the paper. And these are people that I hung around. And so I told the story because there were some children that could relate to that and how it's so important, the company we keep. And that's also about reshaping ourselves. It's very, very important about the company we keep, refocusing us and resetting our lives. But the youth pastor walked up, Robbie Meredith. I'll never forget his name. He, he became a pastor later on. And his simple testimony was this. I've always followed Christ. I've always followed Christ. My parents raised me in the church. I never stepped away from Christ. He said, now, I'm not perfect, believe me. But he said, I've always had a relationship with Christ. And I thought that was the most amazing thing in the world, that he had stayed faithful to Christ over all the temptations that I had had as a young man growing up, that he had stayed faithful to Christ. And so we all have our stories. We all start this at different points. Some of us go away. We go down the wrong path, and God brings us back around. And then he's got some reshaping to do in our lives so that he can use us because that's what God wants to do. Everybody that's in here today has a calling on your life and has a ministry, has a talent. And God wants to use that. And he sometimes he's got to get in there, reshape, and pull them things out. It hurts. It does hurt. Sometimes we've got to let go of some friends. I had some friends for 20 years that I had to stop associating with because I just know they were going to lead me down a wrong path. And I loved them, stayed in contact with them, but didn't go out with them anymore because I wasn't about that anymore. And it hurt. But there were some, still some other things that weren't as easy. And there's some things today that God's reshaping in me. But he loves you. And sometimes we have to get that mindset, it's time to stop, slow down, hear that, stall, that small, still voice, and reset, refocus, and God to allow God to start moving again and reshaping in our life. Because as I am getting older and seeing how time moves so quick, there's less and less time now than I had of those years that I wasted. I can't get those back. But I can make it a point in these next years to do the best I can to further the kingdom of God. And so today, as I'm getting ready to turn it over to Pastor Becky, I just want you to know tonight, wherever you are, you can reset right where you are. The Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. He loves you, no matter if you're on the mountaintop, you're in the valley, or I like to say the in-between. Because we talk a lot of times about the mountaintop and the valley, but sometimes there's just that, uh, uh, in-between. You're not on the mountain, you're not on the valley, and it's just like Groundhog Day. And everything's returning over and over again. Groundhog's Day, that's right. But you can reset, refocus, and allow God to continue the work in you. And if you're here tonight, he's not finished with you. No, I need some help. Where do you?
I'm on. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fired up and ready to land the plane. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. That's why Pastor Tim and I, we kind of balance each other because we have such totally different styles. He is just so calm and sweet, and I'm like, woo! You know, I'm like a squirrel gone bad. Did I say that? No. You see, I was sitting there, and I was looking at Keep the Promise. I love the name of this ministry that Buddy has because Buddy has made a commitment to keep the promise that he made God that night that he gave his life to Christ. Amen? As one evening, I was on up on a rock in the middle of the desert on the reservation, praying to God to please tell me why you have plucked me out of my life that I loved and put me in this forsaken place with people I don't understand, a land that I don't... uh." And you know what he said to me? He said, I have called you here to tell them about my son Jesus Christ because he's coming soon. So you keep the promise you made, I keep the promise. I'm an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a reverend. I'm an evangelist. Because I am going to, for as long as there is breath in me, I'm going to tell people about Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is coming soon. Uh, You know, I'd love it right now if the eastern sky would split and we'd get to go. Could you imagine going to heaven with Buddy? (laughs) Buddy would be pushing us away. (laughs) You would. (laughs) That's right. I'm first. I'm first. We almost missed a plane in in Dallas. Because where's Buddy? Plane's getting ready to leave. Where's Buddy? He's off in the corner with a bunch of people telling them about the gospel. And we had to run up and go, hold it, he'll be back in a few days. (laughs) But it is exciting tonight to be here and to be able to share the good news. To be able to tell people that (laughs) he is coming back. We have a responsibility as believers. We have a responsibility to have a relationship with Him. You know, some people think that they get saved and Jesus is going to jump in and He's going to do all the work. That don't work like that. It's a relationship. It's a two-way thing. He does some. We do a lot. Okay? And so, the other thing that um, we don't hear preached a lot about, we've been called to be holy. Called to be holy. Why? Because God is holy. And the Word tells us that we are to be holy because God is holy. One of the things that scares me the most, the older I get, And the more involved I am with sharing the gospel with people, it scares me. It brings me to my knees that people don't really understand the concept of who we are in Christ, who we are as believers. They don't understand it. And so I don't know whether we have failed as a church or I don't know what it is. But we are somebody special. You're going to hear me talk a lot tonight about the redeemed. The redeemed. I'm going to tickle you with this before I get into the scripture that I want to preach from tonight. I'm going to tickle you with Psalm 107. It says, starting in verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Do you know how many times I'll be sitting and talking 
and witnessing and counseling with a believer in Jesus Christ. And I ask them, there are certain questions I ask them. And I'll say, do you know what the word redeemed mean? And they haven't a clue what the biblical meaning of redeemed is. We were purchased. (laughs) We were bought at a price. We have been redeemed. Amen? We have been redeemed. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is something that every day of our lives we have to keep at the forefront. I'm not myself. You're not yourself. You're not yourself. We are children of the Most High One. And we have been bought and paid for. We have been redeemed. I love that word. Let that a redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Amen. We have been redeemed. And because we have been redeemed, He has done certain things. I'm going to be... uh, You know, it's terrible. People keep telling me, we need to buy you a new Bible. You don't know how many times I'm out talking or preaching or people at church, we need to buy you, and I go, no, you don't. Because I don't even know if I could preach from another Bible. (laughs) This is my preaching Bible. This Bible has been anointed. This, the Holy Spirit has just run through this Bible. This is my Bible. I have to tell you a little story. I was doing some, uh, I was doing some preaching out in White Rock. We've been out there. And uh, we were going to the other side of the reservation. It was a couple of hours away. Halfway there, I'm like, I don't have my Bible. I left my Bible. It's the only time in my ministry I've ever left my Bible someplace. And I had to call and have them overnight my Bible. Because I couldn't finish out the week without my Bible. You know, there, I know there's a lot of you in here that, like that. And I, I tell people too, I, I, I told somebody uh, not too long ago when, when I was preaching, I said, every Bible of every believer should look as worn as this. It should look as worn as this. So I'm going to be preaching tonight out of the chapter 35 from the book of Isaiah. And it's called the joy of the redeemed. Do you know we got joy because we're redeemed, amen? We got joy. I got that joy, joy. Is that an old one? (laughs) I keep trying to get Isabel to sing the oldies, you know. She goes, I ain't never heard. Come on. There's some older people in here. How many of you have actually heard, throw out the lifeline, throw out, hey, hey, we got them. (laughs) I love those old songs. But starting in chapter 8, how about starting in verse 8, chapter 35. If you get a chance, read that entire chapter because it's a powerful chapter. But in verse 8, he says, And a highway will be there, and it will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it, and no lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get upon it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there and the ransomed of the Lord when He returns. He has prepared a highway for us. It's called the highway of holiness. Buddy, you and I are going to walk on that one day. And because of my age, I'm going to be ahead of you. Okay? (laughs) But, but, but we're told on this highway of holiness. You know, I was out on the reservation preaching in March, and uh, I had a pastor come up and tell me, he says, you know, 
you preach with a velvet hammer. <laughs> I think that meant I hammer it home, but it's kind of soft, you know. Hopefully that's what it meant. But there are, there, he tells us on this that not everybody's going to be on that highway. See, there's something that we have lost sight of today, and nobody wants to talk about it, and nobody wants to preach it. There's a heaven and a hell, and ain't everybody going to heaven. All across our country today, people are out there preaching a false doctrine that says because God is love, everybody's going to heaven. That is not biblical. If you can find me that in the Bible, I'll take you out for a steak dinner. But it ain't there. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And on that highway to holiness, the redeemed will walk. The redeemed, the ones who have been purchased, the ones who have the, covered in the blood of Christ, you, you know, I, I've told my, uh, our congregation at Shoreline, one of the things I love to do when I'm reading the Bible, I love to daydream. I love to daydream. I put myself right there, right there. I'm there. I, I, can, I can visualize that highway. I can. I can visualize that highway. And you know, I, I got a sad picture sometimes when I'm on that highway because I see people over here and I see people over here and they're lost and they go, let me on the highway. And he goes, no. Only the redeemed walk this highway. And we have got to start understanding that <laughs> I know every generation says, you know, we're living in the, in, in the latter days. Well, we are living in the latter days. We are. You, you know, don't just look at our country. Look at the world. You know? Look at the world. Look at the things that are happening. I have to believe in my spirit that the days are numbered. You know, one of the things <laughs> Pastor Tim likes to say, and I, and I, and I must tell you, I've, I've, I've copied you a lot of times when I'm out preaching. You, you know, thir last Thursday, the Thursday before last, was ascension. It was the day that Christ ascended back up into heaven. He sits at the hand, at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And Pastor Tim likes to say, he's, you know, he sits up there, and every once in a while, he leans over and he goes, is it time? And the father goes, no, it's not yet, son. It's not yet time to go get them. But when it is time to go get them, here's the thing. Are you redeemed to the point that if, he came tonight. You would be able to say without a question of doubt in your mind, I'm going to be there on that highway. I'm going to be there with him. That's the question. That God has put that message on my heart. I can't stop preaching it because he put it there. He put it there. You know, I am very honored to be the spiritual director for the Emmaus community. And many years ago, when I did the walk to Emmaus, and they gave us our cross, on the back of my cross it says, Jesus is counting on you. And the night that that pastor put that cross around me and told me that, it was like somebody took a branding iron and it just, it, it just burnt my heart. It's almost like I could smell my heart burning. Because Christ is counting on us. But the question is, the question is, 
if he came tonight, are you 100% sure that you'd go with him? That's a question I can't answer. That's a question Buddy can't answer. It's a question that Pastor Tim can't answer. It's only a question that you can answer. Are you 100% sure? 100. It's like Buddy and I were talking earlier. It can't be 99.9. It can't, it can't be 99.9. It's got to be 100% sure. It's got to be 100% sure. That's a, and, and you know what? It's a private, personal question that only you can answer. But this is what I know. That God promises us that when he ascended back up into heaven... He, he, he went back for a lot of things. We wouldn't, today is, uh, today is the birth of the church. Today is Pentecost Sunday. We would not have the Holy Ghost living within us right now if he had not ascended back up into heaven. That, and you know, I, I, was, I was telling them this morning, think about that. That's the Spirit of God. The one who created the universe, the one who hung the stars, that's the one who breathed life into you and I, the one who wove us together and placed us in our mother's womb. His spirit lives in us. His spirit lives in us. The challenge to us is to let it roam. Let it roam freely in the house. Don't keep it tucked in the back room. Up on a shelf, let His Holy Spirit roam freely in you. Let everything that you do and let everything that you say be of Him. You know, I tell people all the time, this is one of my favorite expressions, if Christ wouldn't listen to it, look at it, think it, say it, or do it, then neither should we. Neither should we. That's hard living. That's hard preaching. But it's the gospel truth because we have been what? We're redeemed. We're children of the Most High One. We are redeemed. I love that word. I love that word. And I'm very humble about the price that was paid for me to be able to stand before you in Bull Island or Pocosin tonight. And tell you that I'm redeemed. I get Bull Island because I'm from Fox Hill. And we all know that a Fox Hillian is someone who was a Bull Islander that ran out of money trying to get home after the war. Okay, <laughs> So they settled in Fox Hill. Okay, I'm a, I, must, I must share you a, a little story. Uh, one day, my granddaddy and I were walking uh, back up to the house from the smokehouse. We had a little farm down there in Fox Hill. And uh, I said, Granddaddy, how did we get to Fox Hill? I'm about knee high to a grasshopper, you know. And he looked down at me. He goes, Honey, we, we, came, we, we, we came over from uh, on the boat. I thought, Wow. We came from England on the boat. He goes, no, Suge, we came from Guinea on the boat. (laughs) 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 But I don't talk as fast as they do. (laughs) You know, we can sit here and we can laugh and we can relax and, and so forth. But the bottom line is this. We got to drive the message, drive the message. We're redeemed. We're children of the Most High One. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we have to be able to say, Yes, I am a hundred percent sure. As an evangelist, if I live to be a hundred, and trust me, I'm really close to that, I realize. <laughs> I'm claiming that. I'm going to be on the res doing a tent revival when I turn 100. 
But I'll never forget the first, I was on the reservation, and the first time I preached a salvation message on the reservation, and the last thing I asked, I said, are you 100%? And I'm, I, 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 I offered the altar call, and I'm, I, my eyes are closed, and I'm pacing, and I'm, and, and I'm praying because I knew in my spirit that God had touched somebody that morning. And I looked up, and there was Speedy. He'd been in church for 43 years. 43 years. But nobody had ever asked him that question. And, and we prayed for him. And by the way, he, he was the head of Pure Water Ministry. And that's a scary thought. That sometimes as pastors, we forget to ask the right questions. We forget to ask the right questions. So t- tonight, and you know, <laughs> I would be, I, 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 would, I, I would not be doing my job. If I didn't offer you an opportunity to quietly within yourself ask yourself that question. You know, when I preach a funeral, there's one thing I always, I, you know, I'm like, buddy, we always do a salvation. Do you do a salvation? If you can't do a salvation message at a, per, at a funeral, you better like hang up your Bible, okay? Because that that's the opportune time to do a salvation message. And I always tell them this. You know, one day, every one of us in this room, we're going to stand in that doorway right where Aunt Martha stood. We're going to stand in that doorway, and the only thing that's going to matter is this. Did you know the Lord? Had you given... You're whole to the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to matter. It's not going to matter in life, all the works that we do in church. It's not going to matter as good as they are. It's not going to matter how many potluck casseroles we can make. It's not going to matter. You know, (laughs) none of that is going to matter. Only one thing is going to matter. Do you know the Lord and have you given him your all? When God called me to come out of the world, I was on a business trip. And I always tell people, you know, they've heard this. I've, I tell people all the time, I was at a point, yeah, I was born and raised in the church. You know, we had a pew named after us in the stained glass. Every good Methodist does, you know. But I, just like Pastor Tim was saying, I walked away. Because I walked away during a time, you know, when that, I am woman, watch me roar. And I, I was on a business trip. And the Holy Ghost came to me that morning. And I knew exactly what was happening because I was born and raised in the church. And I got down on my knees that night in that... Uh, that morning, I mean, in that hotel room. And I started to cry like I had never cried before. And I just leaned back and I said, Lord, whatever it is you want, I'm yours. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for big fancy buildings, he's not looking for big fancy programs. He's looking for people with a heart, with a heart that he can use. It's the heart of the people that he wants. It's our heart. And if we can't say to him tonight, my heart is all yours. Every breath that I take is yours.
if we can't say tonight that if if he comes back tonight or tomorrow or the next day, that we're 100% sure, 100% sure. I urge you, as a matter of fact, I beg you to get that right with him, to get that right with him. Because that's the only thing that's going to matter when we get ready to cross over. That is the only thing. You know, I, I always say one of the one of the scriptures in the Bible that gives me the most quiver is in the book of Matthew. When and he's t- it took me a long time and it like hit me like a brick. He's not talking to the unsaved. He's talking to the saved. He's talking to the saved. He said, he said, depart from me, for I knew you not. And they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Well, you know, we cast out demons, we heal people, we did this and we did that. But you didn't know me. We didn't have a relationship with him. That's the important thing. We have been redeemed. I hope that that will be your Bud's word this week. Redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And in order to be able to say that and to really mean it and to understand the benefits that comes from that because on this highway to holiness, he says the unclean will not journey on it. It'll be for those who walk in that way. It'll be for those. It'll be for those. So, you know, when I close the service, I I always, I never make preparations for the closing of a, okay, point A. I never do that. I always let the Holy Ghost tell me, how do you want me to close the service? And I, you know, I believe that, you know, we should be ready in season at all times to do what the Holy Ghost says, to do what the Holy Ghost says. And so I'm going to ask Pastor Buddy and uh, Pastor Tim to come up here. And and I'm not going to ask you to get up out of your seat and come up here. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to ask you. If every head bowed and every eye closed, I am, and I, and I want Isabel to gently, gently stand over here and sing. You know what I'm, you know I'm going to ask you to sing? Reach out, reach out, reach out. Because he's in this room tonight. And the only thing we have to do is reach out and touch him. We have to reach out and touch him. We have to reach out. That's what it's all about. And so, as Isabel, go ahead. Go ahead. Close your eyes. Bow your head. If you are not 100% sure, I want you to just gently raise your hand. I want you to gently raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. Or if you want to come up here, you can certainly do that also. It's up to you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. What would you like for us to pray for you? I have cancer. And I'm dealing with a lot of issues in my life. Okay. Do you know Jesus? Yes. And you've accepted him? Yes. Okay. I'm going to ask Pastor Buddy answer. And she's got a lot of issues in her life. And she needs a healing prayer tonight. Freedom. Father, right now.
Spoken anything, we 